And what is your plan to ensure success? I thought perhaps you could help. Alanthus smiled. A response that surprised Cedar. You are rare, Cedar. Your status is well earned. Thank you. He walked to her, bowed his head, and extended a hand, palm up, waiting. Why? You question me? An innocent question, Azoth Megan. Forgive me. He needed to read her, she realized, and she had hesitated. She withdrew the silver cord and pendant from beneath her robes, suddenly aware of the pendant's weight, metal and stone resting momentarily in her hand. He accepted it as if she had offered it willingly. You are bound to her, though you have not yet met. Yes, Azoth, she paused, focusing her thoughts. Jaden may be the one. Jaden may be the one, he repeated calmly, moving Cedar's pendant from his palm to his forehead. So you believe, and so we all must hope. But when you are as old as I am, when you have officiated at as many initiations as I have, little hope remains that the next initiate will be the one. Then I will maintain that hope for you, Azoth. Alanthus smiled once again, lowering the pendant from his forehead. A few seconds passed before he returned it to her, his fingers momentarily brushing her palm. Here, in that brief exchange, in that rare moment of touch between Azoth Megan and Scribe, Cedar understood his intention in reading her. He needed to be certain that when the time was right, when the one for whom they had been waiting was ready, Cedar would graciously accept his decision to enact final ascension. Long live the quintessence, he said, his ancient fingers trembling slightly as he held them in traditional steepled position, the first position of the sacred gesture of the Ab Uno. Long live the alchemist's council, she responded. Along with him, she folded her steepled fingers into two mirrored fists, holding the second position slightly longer than usual as she contemplated her hands, poised in symbolic gesture of the lapis. The next day, Cedar woke before dawn, dressed quickly, and walked silently through the muted light of the hallways to the scriptorium. By the time she arrived, four lapidarian scribes were already at work, presumably inscribing onto parchment the Novillian visions dictated by Obichi a few days earlier. One of them, Katsura, smiled, head slightly bowed to acknowledge the arrival of a Novillian scribe, and then, unabashedly, held up a bottle of ink, shaking it slightly, indicating to Cedar that it was almost empty. Cedar nodded, wondering if Katsura could sense her annoyance at being hurried. She would replenish the ink as soon as possible. Surely, as a lapidarian scribe, Katsura understood that Cedar could not begin her work before the first ray of sun entered the scriptorium. She knelt on a blue velvet cushion beside the lapis, closest to the spot where, based on the astrological principles of council dimension, 
the sun's light would first illuminate the quintessence on this particular day. Her timing could not have been more perfect. The moment she had finished reciting the cauda pavonis, the ritual chant used to prime the lapis for the scraping of its essence, a patch of light appeared precisely where Cedar had calculated. With a ruby-bladed knife, Cedar began to scrape the lapis methodically, allowing the dust of its essence to fall into the small emerald bowl she held in her other hand. The lapis itself controls the amount of dust it releases on any given day. Today, Cedar had scraped for only two minutes before the lapis would yield no further. She pressed her fingers into the temporary abrasion she had created, silently expressing her gratitude to the lapis for its perpetual abundance. One of the Azoths would ensure the healing of the abrasion later that day. Cedar walked to the desk where...